Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at QWERTYWritingLife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello and welcome. Tonight, we're going to be talking about fundamental standards for creatives. But before we do that, we're going to talk about our creative weeks. So, Joy, what did you do? So this week, I am focusing on a second round of edits for a client. So this is a lot of fun. I we do I do three rounds of edits for my clients, and the second and third honestly is my favorite, just because I'm digging into those words and like you know helping to polish them and streamline them and make sure that um, they're using the strongest verbs and things like that, and the descriptions are really popping and um, I just love that part of it. So yay, it's so much fun for me with my red pen. <laughs> I love how totally geeky you are about editing and how you love it so much. There has to be people in the world like you because there are other people in the world like me who are like, ah, word choice. (laughs) Yes, I'm a proud geek when it comes to that. (laughs) Well, I love it. And I know that the people who you're working with are very, very happy that you are that way as well. (laughs) I hope so. And it's always fun to work with authors who appreciate that. You know, like there are some who... I don't know. I guess they don't want their words to be messed with and they don't really want editors, which I don't fully understand that, but there are people like that. And well, anyway, that's just sad. So Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for good authors who, you know, love to have their work helped and polished and made to shine Mm -hmm. and be the best that it can possibly be for their wonderful and amazing stories. So. Well, as much as we like to think that we are lone creatures out in the wilderness uh, as authors, we, it really does take a team effort to make a book be a book, especially a good book. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it can be done alone. It absolutely can. Should it be done alone? I mean, there are differing opinions there. I personally think that it shouldn't. <laughs> but, but I do think that good quality products are are really made in a timely way. The you know if you get an editor involved and a, a cover designer involved and maybe even a formatter if you need or you know something beta readers anything like that. Um, as far as time efficiency, that seems to work well. You might notice eventually that you misplaced some commas or used the wrong word or you know said the wrong name or made the wrong color eyes or something like that but if you get a developmental editor involved or a proofreader involved or something like that then you definitely are going to be making that product faster so <laughs> so true <laughs> well there's my two cents cents <laughs> are good all kinds of sense. Two, four, six, eight, doesn't matter. <laughs> and I don't think it's like just in the 
author world either. I really think that there are um, really good ways that you can incorporate other people. And you have already, even in other mediums too, because you have the people who've taught you your craft and you have the things that you're learning. And you so there, it's never just yourself. You're standing on other people's shoulders and you've incorporated the things that you admire from other people's work into your art. So it's, it's never, it's never alone. So why not include some other people? What's one more? What's an editor? There you go. There you go. <laughs> Artists aren't really as solitary as we like to make us out to be. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. So May, what about your week? What have you been up to? Well, it's, it's good that we're talking about uh, incorporating other people because I'm actually still working on my novel and, um, and working through the different exercises in the seminar. So that's what I'm doing. And I am kind of piecing together what I'd already written, the things that I wanted to keep and putting that into the, the new draft, which is very exciting. So that's what happened in my week. Awesome. That's so exciting. <laughs> So let's dive right into our topic. So our topic is fundamental standards and fundamental standards are important for every person, regardless of their career. But we believe they're especially vital when launching a creative empire. Today, we're sharing with you a small portion of a workshop that we presented last year to an international summit of women writers. This is also a tiny portion of a book we have been working on. More on that in the future. So. Why are May and I the people to walk you through this topic? It's actually because we use this tool to keep our nonfiction brand, Hardy Writing Life, moving forward in a way that we're proud of. True, yes. And we also have set standards as individual authors. And we found that by doing that, um, three great things come from that. One, we can make decisions quickly and confidently. We can build up our professional brands in the direction we want. And we can rest well at the end of the day. <laughs> and we are not perfect. We oh so promise. But we truly believe that we have made fewer mistakes over the past six and a half years because we've used this tool. So let's get started by establishing our QWERTY definition for fundamental standards. This is something that we do. So let me explain a little bit about what a QWERTY definition is. Uh, it is something where we have taken a definition of regular, like, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary or something like that. We've taken the definitions for that, uh, for the words that we're looking at, and we are changing them a little bit to really, really niche into what we are doing as QWERTY Writing Life. So that's why we call it a QWERTY definition. So we're going to share our QWERTY definition for, for fundamental standards, and then at the end of this episode, if you find ways that you could maybe tweak it a little bit and become your definition, that's totally fine. In fact, we encourage it. So, fundamental standards to us are an author-influencer's core worldviews, convictions, and faith by which she makes daily professional decisions. And here are some examples for those fundamental standards. Gratitude always, respect for authority, golden rule, integrity, quality, creativity, <laughs> things like that. And those are areas where you can even have more specific fundamental standards from there, too. Like creativity is a big, broad topic, but you can niche down and find out exactly what you hold true about creativity and latch onto that as your fundamental standard. So 
Let's look at establishing your own fundamental standards in light of your professional goals. And Joy, can you explain this to us? Yeah, certainly. So our first step is to discover your fundamental standards. So obviously you got to figure out what they are, first of all. Where do you look for these things? It's kind of like a search and find. But the thing is, you might have already unconsciously written some of your standards in things like your tagline, your bios, your core values, your business plan, and then also your instincts, your personal values, things that you've always held uh, near and dear throughout your life. So now we're going to give you a few examples of where our standards come from. Mm -hmm. So three of my standards are based upon my house rules. And so I am a mama, so I got some house rules going on. And I'm a southern mama, so I got house rules going on. <laughs> so my first house rule is mind your mom and your daddy. Two is uh, don't throw a fit. And three is be kind to everyone. I figure with those three house rules, we've covered pretty much everything else I could potentially be in between there. <laughs> so, so those are my house rules. Um, and just a little note is like that I wanted my fundamental standards to be positive and something that I could maintain without dependency of another person or on a situation. So uh, I have kind of morphed those three house rules into the following. So the first is respect for authority. And what I mean by authority is not necessarily a boss or anything because an uh, indie author here, my boss. <laughs> But I am also a hybrid author, and so if I had a publishing company that I was going to be working with, then I definitely would have respect for their authority. I also have uh, consider like my critique partner uh, a, an authoritative figure. Um, any editors that I would hire, um, publishers, formatters, etc. Uh, I would definitely listen to whatever they had to say and weigh it very highly on the priority scale whenever I was trying to figure out if I, if there was a decision to make at that point. So, uh, so respect for authority goes along with mind your mom and your daddy. <laughs> Second one is uh, gratitude always. So even when things go wrong, there's still something joyful about those situations and something that I can find in there to, uh, to have gratitude for. And that's where we don't throw a fit. <laughs> so, <laughs> So with that joy in your heart and that gratitude in your heart, it's very, very, very difficult to throw a fit in those situations. And then finally, um, I have a fundamental standard that relationships come before pride. And so that's very much like the golden rule whenever you want to treat somebody the way that you want to be treated. And that flows right along with my house rule number three, which is be kind to everybody. So I've taken these fundamental house rules that we have in order for us to function well and for us to be able to have good relationships inside of the Smithfield team and, uh, and um, morphed those into what are now my business fundamental standards, my author fundamental standards, and they have served me well over the past six years. Yeah, that's awesome. I love how you did that. So what I did was I took a long-term approach to choosing standards for my business. I own my own publishing company, and I'm an author, so I wanted to encapsulate both ventures with no more than four words that could kind of be my go-to when it came time for big decisions or expanding my business or something like that. I thought in terms of lenses through which I would evaluate every decision, production, 
and publication. The words I ultimately landed on as my core values or standards are integrity, quality, creativity, and longevity. So from there, I gave each standard a very business-specific definition. So just as one example, so specifically for the creativity word, which is a big word, um, for that one in my business, it's a way that a lens through which I see anything that I might publish to make sure that it is different from what's out there. It's not, um, it's not, you know, something that's just been done a ton, right? It's kind of something unique, something that we can call our own little brand of creativity, um, but that it is creative. So for instance, I flip that when I look at my nonfiction publications, because I, while I want them to be factual and I want them to be put together well, I also want them to be creative in a nonfiction format. So that's just one little example of how I kind of uh, specify those definitions for my business. So now that we have established what fundamental standards are, and we've given you a few examples from our personal businesses, we're going to take a fundamental standard and we're going to run it through a few action steps to show how this can play out in real life. So we're going to take a well-known fundamental standard, the golden rule. And I saw Bodhi's little head and he's so adorable. Anyway. <laughs> Everybody's freaking out. I'm so sorry. I had to put the mute button on. <laughs> That's okay. Poor baby. He's so sweet. <laughs> so we're going to take the fundamental standard, the golden rule, because that's something that we're all familiar with. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now we're going to run this through a few action steps with this standard in mind. And action step number one is brainstorm situations where this standard might be tested in your daily career. And when we did this, we came up with four ways. The first is in negative reviews and uncomplimentary reader comments, because they happen. Second, a differing of opinions with publishing professionals. Third, request for common searchable advice. And what we mean by that is, you know, sometimes as authors, we get questions from young writers or new writers, and they might ask us something that would be very easily found with a quick Google search. And it can be a little frustrating. So that's what that is. And then finally, fourth, writing a character different from you. So for action step two, you can look at your examples and decide how you would like to act based upon the fundamental standard that you were thinking about. So for example, for that, the negative reviews and uncomplimentary reader comments, sometimes the respectful thing to do is to actually not acknowledge disrespect. And that can be really hard for a lot of us because our pride gets involved here. <laughs> of course, we don't like to be thought about in uncomplimentary ways. So for in-person situations, you can breathe, you can take stock of the situation, you can answer honestly and acknowledge their frustration without owning it when it's not yours to own. Um, and you can remember that you have uh, no idea what's going on in the life of that person either. So this might be some sort of way that they are projecting their inner turmoil onto you and where that is not fair, it's also... Um, it gives us a little bit of grace to move around in that, uh, in the way we respond to that. So, uh, so that's what we mean by finding the 
way that we would hope that we would act within this fundamental standards. And I think Joy's got another example for us. Yeah, so in the second um, scenario that we came up with, it's differing of opinions with publishing professionals. So if there's not an explanation given for the request that you don't agree with, you can ask for one. Don't just assume that you know why they are suggesting this. Look at the situation from all perspectives. Um, imagine yourself as that professional and see if the request then takes on some validity. Um, because, you know, as artists, we cling to our babies and we don't want to change anything. So make sure that, you know, you really think it through. If you still feel as if the request is too much, express your reasons in a clear and concise manner. Keep your cool. Make sure you take the time to think things through. A calm explanation will show the professional that you have thought about this extensively, and they'll be more likely to consider your reasons as well. So hopefully you're both thinking through how the other one is approaching the situation. And that's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Uh, a behavior that you can have if a request for common searchable advice is one of those little things that niggles at you. <laughs> so uh, if it is, you can remember what it was like to be a beginner and you can communicate with compassion and grace because you remember how scary it was and how when you didn't know those things, uh, how they were overwhelming and kind of um, kind of burdensome to you. And so hopefully you can talk to that person with compassion and grace from there. Um, and also to make it easier for yourself, you can make a stock response or a go-to starting post or newsletter freebie or some sort of way to get that information to that person without having to regurgitate it over and over again. So that's a pretty cool way to do that. And it also helps you out with your newsletter stuff. <laughs> so... Um, for writing a character different from you, a behavior that you could take based on a fundamental standard would be to remember that um, though we are created in the image of God, we're not God. So we can't know everything about how a person feels on certain topics. And we'll need some help to understand that. So proper research like memoirs and um, interviews and YouTube, but also speaking to people, man, um, that would be a really great way to make sure that you're getting in the right space uh, for your art. Um, but if you if you can't do all of those things or actually if you can combine these this next piece with the proper research, you're really going to be on a good place there. But sensitivity readers, that goes a long way. So proper research and sensitivity readers are a really good way to make sure that you are um, presenting those people in a really, really kind, <clears throat> clear way. Um, but perhaps you have the opportunity to, to befriend someone in uh, a position as your character. And that is huge because our whole life is about relationships. And, uh, and, and if this project brings you close to somebody who is different from you so you can understand them better and you become great, great friends, that's a huge, wonderful new relationship that art has brought into your life. That's just kind of cool. It is. I agree. That's, that would be amazing. So that brings us to action step three. And here we can look back at how we hope we're going to act in these scenarios. And as we kind of look back through how we would handle them or how we hope we would handle them, we can pull out some main themes in each one. All right. So I'm going to say these kind of quickly, um, but then it's all going to come together 
when we get into that final action step four, I hope. So for the negative reviews and uncomplimentary reader comments, a few main themes that come out are patient, appropriately compassionate, will not instigate, empathetic, listen to instincts, and remove yourself from danger, plus awareness. Okay, so those are just some themes that popped out as we were thinking through that scenario. For the differing of opinions with publishing professionals, once again, we see empathy, temperance, and good communication. If you kind of run through a few of these scenarios, you're going to start to pick up that there might be some uh, themes that carry through in more than one of them. Next is the request for common searchable advice. Compassionate and view it as an opportunity. And then finally, writing a character different from you. Humility, sensitivity, awareness. Once again, view it as an opportunity and growth. And you can take these themes and apply them to your literary career. So turn them into your touchstone affirmations. That requires two more definitions that we're going to close out with. So first of all is touchstone. And touchstones are the criterion to test choices, discerning if they align with the author's fundamental standards. And then affirmations, query definition is uh, simple statements that we call up quickly and often that are written as if they're in progress. So we have these statements and we hold them up and we compare whatever we're going through to these touchstone affirmations and we make decisions from there. So a few touchstone affirmations. I'm going to read through a few of these for you guys so you can kind of hear what this might sound like. And this comes from our golden rule example. So here are a few touchstone affirmations. I am an author who is patient. I am appropriately compassionate when approached with contention. I will not instigate a fight. I will learn about others and practice empathy. I don't rush to action based on my emotions. I am aware of my physical, emotional, and mental limitations. I am an author who communicates clearly. I am humble. I will ask for help. I look for opportunities to learn and grow. Oh, I do have one thing about um, um, the touchstone affirmations that's not mentioned here, but you okay. can kind of see in the examples okay. um, that is kind of important for the touchstone affirmations. But um, so you want to use positive speech in touchstone affirmations. And I know the word affirmations kind of has that positive connotation to go along with it. Um, but there are all of these here except for one uh, that is addressed in this way. So I am appropriately compassionate. I will learn about others. I am aware of my limitations, those kind of things. I am humble. So all of those are very, <clears throat> all of those are very um, positive in the way that they're constructed. And then there was one that we knew that we needed to have in this example, but there was not really a great way <laughs> for us to turn it into a positive uh, a positive statement. And it was, I will not instigate a fight. It has that negative word in there and that not word in there. But we felt that that was the best way to construct that affirmation because of the feeling behind it, the emotion behind it. 
And so as you are constructing your touchstone affirmations based upon the behaviors that you hope to edify on based upon your fundamental standard of a golden rule, um, when you're constructing those, try to put them in a way where it, uh, it exemplifies characteristics of who you want to be and how you want to be. Oh, well, yeah, there are two. There's actually the I will not instigate a fight and then I don't rush to action based on my emotions. But we did that on purpose. And that's the point. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Because sometimes <laughs> sometimes we, you know, it depends on what you're trying to um, emphasize in your affirmation that sometimes you do need a negative. But for the most part, it's best to have it in a positive light. Right? I agree. Yeah. 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 All right, so we have given you guys a little bitty crash course in the foundation of fundamental standards. Did you have fun? Do you feel hopeful? Do you feel overwhelmed with the introspection, research, and planning ahead of you? We totally get that, and all of this can feel big, just big. But honestly, these are super important foundational pillars of who you are as a person, and as a creative. So this task should feel big, honestly. Yeah, but think about the other things that you've been feeling. I mean, potentially you've been feeling worried or anxious or doubtful, insecure, con confused, overwhelmed, regretful. Fundamental standards can help prevent or ease those tough emotions. They give you something to hold on to when the waves are crashing around you. So when you feel remorse about an opportunity that you've passed up, you can always recall the conversation that you had with yourself about why that particular thing didn't edify a standard and it didn't bring you closer to your professional goals. So cool as it might have been, they weren't for you. Um, when you put your art out into the world, you will have already compared it to your professional fundamental standards, and you can rest in that when reviews come in, and you can rest in that when other people try to tear you down, or things happen and it just doesn't turn out exactly the way that you wanted it to. You can rest, and that is your quiet confidence and your consistent presence that will garner respect and trust from any audience that you do gather on your journey into creativity. Yes. And so by taking a few of these steps and by thinking through potential things that could come up for you um, and by thinking about what's the most important thing for you, you are going ahead ahead of time instead of in the moment. You are thinking through how would I like to react in this situation so that it's already thought through. It's a process that you've already considered. So you're not making or having to make as many snap decisions when emotions are involved. And that's kind of um, one of the main reasons for this. So, yeah. Now, and, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Um, and if there is a situation that comes up that you haven't thought about previously, you have your touched on affirmations to cling on to and your fundamental standards if you don't have a touched on affirmation for that. So um, if there is something else that happens that you haven't pre-thought, then you can say, you know what, I will not instigate a fight. Or, you know what, I'm humble enough to know that that pride is making me feel this way. And so since I am humble, and that's my touchstone affirmation, I'm going to set pride aside and I'm going to evaluate this in a different way. And you've already made those, those links to 
to something that is core and integral to who you are and who you are as a business person and as a creative. So you you don't have to feel flustered and um, and out of control in those particular types of situations because you've done this. Yeah, so true. So I think it's time for us to close out with a QWERTY challenge for everybody. Yeah, let's do it. So your QWERTY challenge is to brainstorm what you value. How do you want to be remembered? What characteristics do you admire in other creatives? What characteristics can you value to ensure that you don't become what you dislike? Oftentimes, our professional fundamental standards are based on our personal beliefs. So what do you believe? Yeah, those are some important questions that might take you a little bit of time to think through, especially if you've never thought about these things in terms of your creative business. So we hope that you'll take the time to do that this week. And something that you can do is you can gather these answers as you go through in a multitude of ways, whatever works best for you. You can make lists. Um, you can make bullet points, you can do themed subheadings, bubble maps, free writing, or instead you could talk this subject through with either a recorder or a respected friend or your partner. Um, however you want to do this, at some point, once you kind of have this all together, you've thought it through, write and put down all of these understandings into one place so that you can refer back to them and this is your starting point for your fundamental standards. Bodhi agrees. Yes. <laughs> this is Bodhi approved. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Um, if you have questions, because this is just a little part of a much larger topic, you know, feel free to send us an email. Um, but I think that there will probably be more on this in the future from us. And mm -hmm. We hope you guys have an amazing week. Yes. And go make something. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife.